Hello and welcome back to Really Good Appears. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all kinds of movies. And joining me today, once again, it's Sir Kenny Lachlan. And she's here to talk about the 1974 adaptation of Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orange Express. So stick around. We hope you enjoy. So tell me, tell me, Gary. Does your mom love murder mysteries? Because I'm convinced that every mom ever oh, loves good murder question. mysteries. I, I, ah, uh, she used to, what's that, what's that one, um, uh, murder, uh, what's the thing? There was definitely a TV show she watched, I just can't remember, about murders. Uh, Miss Marple, Frost, Na- Poirot. Oh, yeah, I think she watched those. Yeah, um, I think, I, yeah, I think she, yeah, I would say so. I gotta look up the name of it, but yeah. You're, what was the you're, one? Midsummer Murders. That's like, it. She used to yes. watch it all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh man, Midsummer Murders in our house. Do you remember? Ah, oh, we've talked about this before. This is like a callback at the <laughs> the magazines with the whatever. We would get magazines with Midsummer Murder DVDs, and now looking oh, back, I'm boy. like, what a swizz! We got one episode <laughs> on one disc per <laughs> magazine, and we have so many DVDs somewhere. Oh my God. Uh, of like the first three seasons of Midsummer Murders or something. You should do your own uh, podcast, like a, a side project podcast. of a Midsummer Murder broadcast. The first episode of Midsummer Murders goes off on one where there's like incest immediately, and you're like, "Whoa, what's happening in the, <laughs> in the small like towns of Midsummer? This fake county in the UK." But yeah, I don't know. Like women tend to be into crime, and mammies tend to be into murder mysteries. So, so, uh, what is your what are your feelings on murder mystery movies and like? I I so I I think I definitely talked about another. Oh, Knives Out! I definitely talked about it on that. Where I wouldn't have watched many Pro or Midsummer Murders or anything like that. Uh, But I do love a good. uh, I love. I do love a good whodunit, like in movies and such. And so Knives Out, love that. Um, so when you suggested this one, I was kind of like, oh, I'm into this. Now, the only problem was I had seen the 2017 version, so I kind of <laughs> knew what was going to happen. But look, yeah. it's it's a completely different movie in a way, so uh, Ooh, they are I was able to so enjoy- different. <laughs> uh, but I, I take it to Jerfan because this was this was one you wanted to do for a while. Yeah, again, it's funny. Like we joke about it, but it's true. A lot of movies that I'm into are not modern movies i'm very bad at keeping up to date with like anything that comes out but mm. anything pre-1990 i'm all over it so this is i told you you need to you need to move away from that landline it is impossible to reach you <laughs> we still have a landline and every now and again it'll ring and it gives me a yeah. fucking heart attack because <laughs> sometimes we're like be booking cinema tickets and you're like hey can you fax those over to me please <laughs> my telegram machine is down can you just like send <laughs> send it in the evening post <laughs> Dear um, Gary, stop. What time will we meet for pints? Stop. No, just dear Gary, stop. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> um, How have you been knowing what the girls on Tinder have been replying to me with? But very formal. They're very polite. Yeah, I do appreciate the formality. <laughs> but um, we're, what were we saying? Yeah, I know, so this is one that we uh, had. Uh, my mom was a big murder mystery head. And yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, gone are the days of the early 2000s where we would take DVDs with us on holiday. You know, did you ever do that? Oh, wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So this is one of the ones that got thrown in. So we, I have rewatched it a lot. And without getting too quickly immediately into the plot, the very beginning of this movie terrified me as a kid. What, the credit scene goes on? <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. There's the long credits. <laughs> no, <laughs> those <laughs> yeah, credit scenes are jarring. They do not fit the tone of this movie at <laughs> they all. They don't. But uh, the nice pink background and black right Yeah, now. it reminded me of, you know, the beginning of Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the weird Actually, flashing. it's very like that. <laughs> yeah. That's clearly like what they're taking the piss out of. Um, but also, like, yes, we will get into spoilers of this, but the story, like this movie is 1974, mm. but the story is mm. even older. So yeah. I don't know what to tell you if it's been spoiled for you. Um, but yeah, no, the very, very beginning where it introduces this separate murder where it's mm. like the creepy music and the girl gets kidnapped and just these flashes of newspaper headlines terrified me. Yeah. And I'm like, it went on to become one of my favorite movies though. So <laughs> we, we worked through it. Brief aside on that opening scene, um, they kept calling it Baby Armstrong, like yeah. the, like the child. That child was not a baby. It was like <laughs> at least seven. Cause how? Because it could be slung over a shoulder. Do you know what I mean? That's like you know, like if you steal it. Here's how I would steal a child. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I was like that child's seven. Stop calling it baby. Anyway, yeah. that's my point. And there's weird newspapers with like you know, the, it's like a, a picture of like the like 
what the, the 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 driveway or something like that and it went like car went this way baby was stolen here and it's just like shows two sad parents in the corner yes. but it's like cartoon versions of them <laughs> oh so good and it's like the New York Times <laughs> the uh, expert illustrators that were like parent sad yeah D- driver drove into the hedge <laughs> but uh um yeah should we give an overview so yeah I know you said that like it's an old story and stuff, but I don't, I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm just projecting here, would know of it, but like, mm. wouldn't know the exact, you know, plot. <laughs> they would know about, obviously, the, you know, the, 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 the incident that occurred on the railway transport <laughs> system. The, the homicide but... <laughs> upon the vehicular <laughs> journey. Yeah, the railed vehicular <laughs> vehicle. Uh, but, but, you know, you wouldn't know, like, you know, the different characters and, you mm. know, the, uh, the ultimate question, uh, the answer to the question of who done it. So right. I guess, like, for anyone that wouldn't know what this movie is about, <laughs> tell them tell them about what Murder on the Orient Express is about. <laughs> well, the Orient Express is a train that probably doesn't run anymore because... Not last time in 2009. Wow. But I think the service stopped before this movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. we'll get into all that. But yeah, so it's like, it was like a luxury line between Istanbul and the UK. Um, and Poirot is our dude. Poirot is our detective. He's our kind of point of view character. And he's called from Istanbul to England. He's on this train and the train gets snowed in. It gets um, avalanched, basically. So they're stuck, and while they're stuck, a murder occurs. And they're like, oh, how how great we have a world-class detective on board. And uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do you do have to, like, you, like, you have to be pretty fucking unlucky to yes. want to kill someone on a train and the, the, the pure chance coincidence that the world's greatest detective um, is on it. Actually, quick yeah, aside... They're really taking you... a risk, though. This is a very closed environment to do a murder in. Yeah. Just a quick aside, because you made me watch that. You made me watch it. You told me to check out the 2017 trailer before we talked about this. <gasps> yes. And there's a line where Kenneth Branagh... I don't know if it was in this movie, but there's a line in that one where Kenneth Branagh goes, I am probably the world's greatest detective. I'm like, if you're saying probably, that means you haven't figured it out yet. And if you haven't figured <laughs> figured it out yet you're probably not the best detective in the world oh stop yeah fuck no. you kenneth branagh <laughs> fuck you kenneth branagh no the vibe or like the tone in that trailer is so hollywood oh it's we're gonna insane. get to that we're gonna we're gonna get to just the, that that movie in general yeah, uh, but, but, yeah that's but, your but, that's your basic thing it's like there's a murder on a train and unluckily for the you know uh culprit um there is a world-class detective on board and they're snowed yeah. in so no one can go anywhere and they solve the murder yeah and i guess like they made it into a, they made a remake like we discussed so usually um that's the indication that the first one was good but <laughs> i kind of want to ask you why i know you said you kind of like murder mysteries and such and you kind of used to watch them as a kid but like why this one why do you think it's good why do you think you, you were always watching it why has it stuck around more than others um i don't know if this is relatable content but definitely the music i love uh, the music yeah. has always stuck with me. It's good, and uh, we've got this cast of characters, man. We have got this ensemble cast of um, amazing actors and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I think there was something just very like not romantic in the sense of like you know relationship, but like literature romantic. You know, there's travel, yeah. there's like intrigue. It's a period piece. It's set in like the thirties, I think. It's mm-hmm. like it's all yeah. very glamorous and stuff. And there is sort of this twist that it. Um, again, if you know the movie, you know the twist. You know the story, you know the twist. But I'd say at the time, whenever Agatha Christie wrote this, people were like, oh, okay, I don't know if this has been done before. Which I'm into. Yeah, and would you say, like, I think for me it was jarring, in a sense, to go, having seen the 2017 version first, mm-hmm. and then going back to this. Because, yes. like, like, I know I, we're going to have to compare them because it's, yeah. it's laughable not to. Uh, but <laughs> in the case of, like, so it was, it took a bit of adjusting for me to to sort of get used to, I suppose, the vibe or the tone of this movie, in mm-hmm. a way, because it's very different. Yeah, um, But then, like, I guess, would you say someone who, like, knives out, would check this like or would it be too far removed from from something like that um it's more kind of muted than knives out but no if you liked the intrigue of knives out i think you'd be into this yeah it might not be exactly a one-to-one correlation but i think anyone who's interested in murder mysteries 
definitely revisit this over the 2017 version. <laughs> like, just, and then immediately watch the 2017 one. Oh god, I just it's ah, it's so I have so many it's, issues with it. Like, okay. so yeah, this this one is like I said, it's a bit more muted. Everyone's a bit more stiff upper lip. But yeah. if you can get over that, if you don't see that as an issue, uh, if you like. Sean Connery, Vanessa Redgrave, Michael Which York. I'm so surprised you didn't sell me on immediately. I had to figure out. I didn't want to like, give you, it away. I didn't I saw, <laughs> I, I saw he was in it because I, I didn't look up anything on it too yeah. much before I'd watched it. But I'd written like Murder on the Orient Express. You know when you like write it in to get the YouTube thing? It's yeah. just like Sean Connery. I was like, fuck it, say that. And I wanted, it would have been episode two if you told me <laughs> Sean Connery was in no, it. No, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like, yeah. I didn't want to spoil anything. I didn't want to give That's anything fair. away. Uh, who fair. else is in this? Anthony Perkins oh. is in it. Um... Albert Finney. Albert uh, Finney. Who I have... Judy Dench? Is Judy Dench? No, no, that's the 2017 one. Yeah, who, who's in this one? Uh, uh, In- Ingrid Berg- Bergman Ingrid is probably... Ingrid Bergman, yes. Yeah. Um, there's a character... Uh, what's his actual name? Oh, wait, hold on. Where the fuck... See, they've all they've loaded different names during the thing and I forget who's who. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I know this movie inside and out, so we'll be fine. <laughs> who is the, who's the husband who looks all posh and fancy? The husband of the... Um, Countess? Yes, what's his name? That's Michael York. Yes, do you know what he's in? This is a quick. He's in ga- all the Austin powers. Yeah, he is. He's Battle Expedition. <laughs> <laughs> I was very happy about that. That's uh, one of three very good uh, Gary enjoyment. Th- uh, Gary facts. That'll be a new noise. Gary facts. <laughs> Just you going, Gary facts. Gary Facts. Things I that's enjoy one. as a Gary. Yeah, yeah, that is exa- <laughs> That's fucking chef's kiss. Perfect. If you're a Gary, you're going to love this fact. Basil Expedition is in this movie. Oh, as a very um, fiery Hungarian, like, prince yeah. or something. But, like, even Albert Finney. Here's another. I'll quickly move on to my next Gary fact. Which is he... So Albert Finney's in this, as mm-hmm. is Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And do you know what Albert Finney's last role was? Cinematic role. It was in Skyfall <gasps> as a character really? called Kincaid, who was like the groundskeeper of James Bond's family home's estate thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was actually a role that they were initially writing for Sean Connery to come ah. back into the franchise as. But uh, ultimately, I don't think... I just don't think it worked out or whatever. And yeah. Albert Finney did it. So nice. it was even better that Sean Connery and Albert Finney were both in this. Yes. And it was like, uh, Albert Finney's last role was one that was originally tended for Sean Connery. Oh, it all comes full circle. There you go. And did you see that, like, basically, there are so many characters to keep track of in this movie that that's why they chose such big names for the time? That's yeah. why they made it an ensemble cast? Mm-hmm. And they all basically agreed to do it because they wanted to hang out with the other actors so it was all like completely dependent on who said yes <laughs> yeah. if one of them had said no we could have had a terrible domino effect <laughs> yeah. where none of them did it because <laughs> I think I saw something about and Lily was telling me about it because she was I was telling her she was uh, we were doing this and then she was like oh my god you need to read the book and I was like calm down find <laughs> other hobbies than reading and <laughs> oh Lily <laughs> with her leg- her ability to read always showing off <laughs> But um, what you call it? She, uh, yeah, she. I think she sent me something about how Sean Connery was one of the first people cast, and they used him to get a good few people in. But I know <laughs> nice. there was people who wanted to work with uh, Lauren Bacall. Bacall. Lauren Bacall. Bacall. Yeah, I know she was another one. That I know that name, but I don't know if I've seen her in anything. Oh wait, is she? The, is this the one I have? I have a circa fact as well. <gasps> yes, here's my circa fact. Oh my god, things I'm, you I'm... enjoy as a circa. Um, she had a, she did a few voice acting roles. I don't know if you know her from anything in particular. Not that acting. I can recall. No. Um, she played a uh, she did the English version of a character in a little known Studio Ghibli movie, Hell's Moving Castle. No she way. plays the Witch of the Waste. I did not realise. That's cool. There's a good circa fact that for you. That is a good circa fact. Thank you. Did I say earlier Anthony Peck or something weird? Did I mean Gregory you said Peck? Anthony Perkins and I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Who's Anthony Perkins? I think I'm I meant Gregory Peck. It's Gregory Peck's not in this. Who am I thinking? Who's the one who's in Psycho? Oh, you're thinking of, um, what's his name? Oh, hold on. I have it written down here somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, it is Anthony Perkins. Sorry. Okay. So who's, yeah. Gregory, who's Gregory Peck? Who am Gregory I Peck. Is? Gregory. Hold on. Here we go. Hold on. Gregory Peck. We'll talk about this movie at some point. Yeah. Uh, Gregory Peck was in stuff like To Kill a Mockingbird. He's in To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. He plays Atticus Finch. That's okay, who that is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's the guy from Psycho. It's Norman Bates. Yes. Oh, so good. Like this, the cast you... again is so good. 
So he did this a couple of... So this came out in 74. I can't remember when Psycho came out. Me but do you, do you know when Psycho... it's black and white. Yes, true, actually. That makes way more sense. And I know there was someone else in this movie who was actually in Psycho as well, as like a police officer in Psycho. I can't oh. remember who was who. But another... I don't know who this fact is for, but uh, <laughs> let's just call it a fact attack. Um, did you know there was a sequel to Psycho called Psycho 2, to which he started? Oh, no. Oh, no. I did not. And would you like another fact attack? Uh, was it terrible? Is that the fact? <laughs> there was a sequel to Psycho 2 called Psycho 3. Oh, God. <laughs> would you like to know another fact? Oh, no, please. There was a sequel to Psycho 3 called Psycho 4, A New Beginning, to which he stars as Norman Bates in all of them. Wait, but I thought Norman Bates died in the first one. I don't fucking know. I just know there's four Psycho (laughs) movies. That's not including the one they remade with, uh, the one Gus Van Sant did with uh, Vince Vaughn and Julianne Moore. That is four Psychos too many. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Anyway, so, okay. Just to get us back on track, uh, had you seen any other, besides the 2017 one, any other kind of pro-ro um, miniseries not... or movies and such? Yeah, I would have watched the series, him and Marple sort of casually growing up, but honestly, mm-hmm. not, nothing that really stands out. This okay. is like the standout for me. Okay, and because that, like, my next question was going to be, where do you rank Albert Finney's pro-ro against the others? Oh, okay, he is... Again, it's probably just bias because I love this growing up, but I know David Suchet is also very good. And frankly, as a child, I probably conflated the two of them together. And I was like, yeah, yeah same man. <laughs> they both have little black mustaches. Exactly. But yeah, no, I'm biased, but I think this just tops it. I think just like the movie setting, because obviously like the series are great as well, but there's just something about like how cinematic it is, like the train. Oh, this is it. I'm also very biased <laughs> with my love of trains. <laughs> <laughs> So just, a, just another quick one, guys. If you like trains, this is a movie for you. <laughs> Sorry. So, have you ever been on the Psycho secret- 5, starring Sir Kenny Lachlan. Train, psycho. Psycho killer, eh? Qu'est-ce que c'est? Have you ever been on a sleeper train? Choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. Answer the question, Gary. Have you ever been on a sleeper train? <laughs> have I ever been on a sleeper? No, I haven't. But uh, I will say, I, I don't know if it's the if it's the sheer lack of not being able to travel internationally, um, or the appeal of it. But my God, did I just like the idea of being on a train for three days, yeah. like inhaling everyone else's farts. <laughs> Specifically inhaling everyone's <laughs> yeah. farts. Uh, no, because I have been on many sleeper trains. Oh wow! Look at you. But. Like, I haven't been on one since I was 12, but we did a lot of train holidays growing up because my dad works for uh, the railway here, Mm -hmm. and that allowed him a certain amount of passes for other European railways. Oh, that's class. Yeah, so growing up, we got to do a load of train holidays uh, on daddy's dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, daddy's bring us to a Kazakh, Istanbul next week. Daddy owns the trains, don't you know? No, he's just an engineer, but he got a certain amount of passes. And uh, yeah, we got to do like overnight trains and stuff. And I think that might be some of the bias as well, or some Ah, of the love. Uh, It makes me think of like that. So it was, because yeah, again, as like an eight-year-old, the fact that I was allowed like sleep on like a little fold-out bunk on a train was like so magical. And you'd wake up in like, I don't know, you leave Paris and you wake up in fucking Switzerland or something. It was just like insane wow. so that's probably part of it and yeah sleeper trains if you ever get a chance good crack i don't know maybe as an adult maybe it's not as fun but it is yeah. definitely handy if you are like okay i can just sleep overnight and someone else brings me somewhere <laughs> this is great and you get your little breakfast you get like a little orange juice and whatever and tea yeah. and coffee yeah so i'm but nobody gets a, nobody, nobody gets a nobody gets a little croissant on a piece of orange juice in this movie they get a murdered <laughs> <laughs> no they get a murdered but they also get like five star seven course meals because yeah. they this is a luxury line this isn't your fucking linea regionale in italy this is it's the regional line in italy. <laughs> shout out to any, to any italian train users who are listening <laughs> right <laughs> Yes, um, if you like trains, if you like old Hollywood, if you like what else, um, Sean Connery, <laughs> this is the movie for you. Okay, 
Well, okay. I'm going to ask another quick question before we get into spoilers, which was, so you watched this when you were very young, you said. Mm-hmm. So I guess, because I, I, like I said, the first time I watched it was the 2017 one. So, and I think I maybe knew the twist. But So I'm not mm-hmm. asking you to give away the twist, but I'm just asking, no. did you guess the twist when you were watching it the first time? or I did not. No. I did not guess the twist. I was like, oh, my God, this is the best writing that has ever happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I think it's I think it's a it's a good one. I like I like how it's done. I like how it's handled. It's kind of revealed pretty well at the end. Mm. Uh, it's definitely satisfying as well. It doesn't feel like one of those movies where or one of these kind of whodunit things where it's like, I bet you didn't think it was this guy. And you're like, first, who is this person? Like, exactly. it, yeah, it's not it doesn't come out of nowhere. In. Yeah, which I think a lot of movies kind of try and do to like. I feel like it's an M Night Shyamalan thing to be like. Yes, it's not the- a satisfying twist if you just. Yeah. say someone else did it off screen or something like that and it's great because I, another reason why I loved watching this as well was because you can just see so many you, you can see so many things have taken influence from it as well yes. which was great to see like even small things like I feel like there's like Simpson episodes that are very similar to this like even the <laughs> Who Shot Mr. Burns kind of yeah. stuff um, and even like some of the stuff where like we'd seen in modern movies like some of like Sherlock Holmes yeah. uh, sort of portrayals we've seen at the moment have that big grand summation reveal and such so like that's the thing like it seems not tropish but like to us now watching it in 2021 like you said we can see like it referenced other stuff but i love the idea of yeah if you read the book for the first time whenever it was written or you saw this on the big screen in the 70s and didn't know the twist it would be like mind-blowing you're like no one's done this this is really interesting good job Mm -hmm. agatha christie yeah, um, so I think this is about because I want, I want to talk about spoilers. Well, I don't want to talk about spoilers. I want to talk spoilers and like small little details I enjoyed about a lot of the movie. So yeah. I guess if, if people haven't seen it, go off and watch it. It's definitely worth it. Uh, it's, if it's, you don't mind standard definition, it's on YouTube for two ninety nine. But if you want high definition, and you if, can if, get it. If your daddy works for the old Irish Rail and has that <laughs> cash di- saving money on those European uh, tra- uh, train passes and can splash out for three ninety nine, you can watch that bad boy in HD. Ooh. <laughs> I did, I did watch it in 399. Well, so did I. No, nothing left. I'm expensing it on the podcast credit card. <laughs> um, also known as my Revolut. So, um, spoilers. Do you want to talk about who done it? Or, or um, I have some I have some interesting uh, Albert Finney facts from this. Uh, let's go Albert Finney facts. I don't want to up top say the spoilers immediately. Because yeah. yeah, I um, want to talk about some fun little bits like... Yeah, so first of all, I just want to talk about how Albert Finney, I'm reading this in case you're wondering, uh, Albert Finney required many hours of makeup procedures before shooting each day, and because he was performing in a stage play at the time, he didn't have much time for his badly needed sleep. A daily routine, routine, routine was developed, where an ambulance arrived to pick up the sleeping actor at his house in his pyjamas, carefully trying not to wake him up. During the half-hour commute to the studio, the makeup artist would begin the rough work on his face. The rest of the fine <laughs> detail work was completed at the studio on a still-sleeping Finney. Oh How extra God. do you need to be to be like, I am not waking up to no. put... T- <laughs> but also, how much work did he need? Surely it's just well, see, a little fake mustache. <laughs> so he was 37 when he filmed this. What? Exactly. So a, oh, lot of okay. it was, a lot of it was to do with making him look older, but also applying that very obvious black cement to where his hair should be. <laughs> Circa, I oh, want to yeah. talk nothing more. Oh, he is. If there's anything else that we talk about in this movie, it is the follicles on that man's head, whether it be at the top, <laughs> the back, the sides or under his nostrils <laughs> because there is stuff to be discussed here. Oh, there's so much. His well lacquered hair. Like it was, it, I, I, it looked like a, I can't describe it. It looked like a Lego, like a Lego figure. Oh my God, like yeah, hair. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it was just, that would be faster if they just placed it on him every morning. I, do you know what I mean? And then I was like, Okay, well, that must be a bitch to wash out. Nah, he's not washing that out. He's putting oh. a fucking hairnet on it and sleeping in it. <laughs> yes, I love that. This is what I love about this uh, portrayal of Poirot, is he's a just camp little bitchy man. <laughs> yeah. I, I live for it. He's like rude to people straight up. Um, he, yeah, puts on a hairnet. He moisturizes his hands like a little sociopath and then sleeps mm-hmm. in gloves. <laughs> yeah. And he has a mustache guard. He has his mustache, like, waxed. And he puts, like, what I can only describe as a mustache-shaped sleep mask over his mustache to keep it set while he sleeps. And I'm like, just what a fastidious little weirdo he is. And that's and, and I kind of I, I, at first I didn't like it because I was just like he's weird I don't and where yeah. was in my head 
Honestly, I was like, I kind of, even though it's shit, I kind of prefer the Kenneth Branagh one a bit. Uh, yeah. Because at least he's coming off with the sort of prestige of, of a detective. Mm. Whereas this guy is just a little, like, very pale, <laughs> like, fucking wet head weasel who's going around <laughs> being all weird. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's Albert, uh, it's Albert Finney doing a very piss poor Belgian accent in a way. <laughs> it comes, yeah, it comes, it's just me to deter an Italian at times. Sometimes it was, but yeah. he's 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 playing the international man of mystery. Yeah, he he speaks all the languages. Yeah, but no thing again. I am biased, so like, don't worry about me. But like, his tone is better. I'm gonna use tone a lot. But like, 2017, he's like, I might be the greatest detective in the world. Yeah. While in this one, he is like bitchier. And yeah. he's like, he doesn't want to take on cases he's not interested in. He's not like, oh my god, yes, I am so smart, I'm going to solve everything. He has to be talked into doing this, which I kind of yeah. love. He's like, uh, so two things he has to get, he is like approached for, and he's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> he gets approached by our murdered victim. He gets approached by Ratchet, Mr. Ratchet, to like protect him. He's like, Ratchet's like, oh, I think someone's after me. You know, I've been getting these threatening letters. And um, I wrote it down because I love it. Poirot says, like, uh, I only take cases I'm interested in, and my interest in your case is uh, dwindling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you show him. And then when the murder happens, his friend who uh, runs the line is like, you have to solve this murder. You're on board. And he's like, no, leave it up to the Yugoslavian police. I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of appreciate that he's like, he's not actually trying to be a hero. Yeah. He's a bit unlikable, which I kind of like. <laughs> and that's what I kind of like, because you don't know, I think with the Kenneth Branagh one, he, I, I, we just have to compare it because it's, we it, do, it, we it, it could just, uh, but like, because I haven't read the book because fucking Lily Nolan. <laughs> not re- not reading books. That makes it sound like she has the only copy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like she's holding it from you. I haven't read the book because of Lily. <laughs> There's one copy of my local library and Lily keeps extending her. <laughs> she keeps going online and renewing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, but, she, but yeah, so I guess... When Kenneth Branagh is all like brooding and being all like, you know, clearly his head is always trying to figure out the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Poirot is just like, you don't know how to act around him. He only ever acts how he wants to act to get the information he needs from you. And I think that's a great, there's a yeah. great scene when he's um, shouting at, I forget the actor, the actor's name or the character's name because I lost track because everyone's names are different yes. in different parts of this movie. Um, <laughs> don't worry. But the, the one Sean Connery's character is having yes. the affair Ms. with. Miss Debenham. Ah, Miss Debenham, yes. Um, <laughs> so sorry to hear her shop closed recently on Henry Street. But it was a case of, he was very angry, he was so aggressive and he was just like, yes. he'd never seen, but you knew he was doing that to get Sean Connery's character back in the room. So I feel exactly. like he had a different approach with different characters to get yes. different information. And I really like that because at the beginning I was like, he's weird. And then when you see the big summation scene at the end, you're like, oh no, he's actually class and he's just been, you know, playing everyone. Yeah, to make exactly. Him, making him think he's dumber. You took the words out of my mouth. He plays everyone very well. So like, um, when he's, you know, he knows exactly how to get stuff out of people. So he gets everyone one by one to come in and um, give their you know where were you at the time of the murder blah 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 and you know le- like for the princess Dragomirov he's like I will see the princess in her room you know let her know I'm coming in 10 yeah. minutes when he's talking to um, Bergman um, <laughs> she's she says that she is you know born backwards yes. teaches the little brown babies and you're just like oh yeesh yeah it's a good thing we but, gave her an Oscar for this <laughs> for this? I thought she... No, nope, she got an Oscar for this. Oh my god. Ingrid I mean, she's a great for... actress, but... <laughs> she's not in it a lot. Uh, and no. what's... Quite, what, again, it kind of upsets me that she took... Uh, I forget... Uh, Madeline Kahn, I think her name is, for Blazing oh, yeah. Saddles, was also nominated this year and didn't get it. <gasps> I love Madeline Kahn. She's so Yeah, funny. I know. Anyway, it's fine. Don't worry. It's a little... It's a Brown little missionary. <laughs> oh god, it's so... It does not age well. But he, like, you know, changes his tone when he's speaking to her to, like be much more like compassionate mm. and like because she is like timid personified she's like terrified of everything yeah <laughs> um and yeah he just he plays everyone off each other very well and i love it's like a minor detail but uh so the people who we know didn't do it are him because duh uh and in the other carriage there's two other men his friend senor bianchi who runs the line and a greek doctor who mm-hmm. is just like the doctor on board 
Uh, and so the doctor and the Signor Bianchi are at all the uh, interviews. And after every single one, Signor Bianchi is like, he did it. He had this. He had this. Actually, yeah. she did it. Yeah. So I have this written down as he is that guy when you play secret Hitler and just thinks everyone <laughs> is the fucking is Hitler. Or like, yeah. So only that we were playing like resistance last night. And yeah. uh, I was the guy who was like, it's definitely this person. I'm a hundred, I've never been so certain of anything in my life. And then someone does one other thing and I'm like, it's this that person. person. That, and it's that guy. Yeah, so good. He's like, it must be him. Look at him. He's he's a weird little man child. No, it yeah. must be her. She's not right in the head. It must be her. She's yeah. suspicious. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, and I also just mentioned like, Perot solving the case because it all makes mm-hmm. sense at the end but it's kind of like it is quite interesting to try and solve it along with him but you he's playing a different game to you like you're trying to play mm. checkers and he's playing chess uh, yeah. like as an audience member uh, which I which I really enjoyed but like there was some bits where I felt his prestige lacked in the sense that maybe he is a bit deranged and I have written <laughs> down because remember where he finds that robe Yes. And he just manically laughs for what oh I God, felt I was like, yes. he's just, he's so happy about it. And I'm just like, yes. this is, he's not all right. He seems yeah, suddenly too happy. we are in American Psycho or something. Yeah. And he finds this woman's silk dressing gown and is just like, ah, ha, 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 nasal laugh. Speaking of Psycho as well, I know we mentioned Anthony Perkins earlier, but he plays yeah. the same character in this. He does. I was like... I, I definitely obviously wouldn't have known this as a child, uh, you know, as a 10 year old. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, this seems very so But yeah, yeah, he's like this nervous man who's obsessed with mother figures. And you're like, okay, mm. weird. Go, go off, I suppose. <laughs> but then like he played, well, obviously in four of Psycho movies, he's played a character <laughs> who, who's been having mother issues. Uh, which, but yeah, say, I just thought it was very weird. I thought I, he was good now. And like, I just felt like, he was trying to be too suspicious, I felt. Like, I don't know if you saw Yeah, the, he was too, the, like, twitchy. Yeah, because remember the last scene? He's literally, his eyes are darting, like, every <laughs> direction to be like, I've been told to act nervous, so my eyes will keep looking at things that just aren't there, apparently. Yeah. No, so the stellar kind of characters, in my opinion, are... Oh, yeah, that's good. Who, who's your favourites? That's a great question. Yeah. Thanks um... for asking yourself. <laughs> Making my I job easier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we both love... Uh, Sean Connery in this. Yes. Because they just wind him up, basically, and it's fabulous. So him on his own being questioned and him uh, coming to Miss Debenham's defence mm. is great. Um, actually, he's one of the first people we see as well when they're boarding. Yeah, because I have it written down here, which is the two, our introduction to Sean Connery is telling sheep to fuck off and kissing <laughs> women right away. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, he's he like is... look, yes, I'll be in your movie, but I'm telling livestock to get fucked and I want to kiss some women. <laughs> I love that he's carrying like a suit bag dressed yeah. in like tweeds on the Istanbul coast just like kicking sheep out of the way so he can get to his boat and yes this very excited lady is waiting for him and um, not a lot of Sean Connery in it though I will say there's no, not a lot of anyone no. in it really everyone's kind of very yeah, briefly because they have so many so yeah. here's the let's get to the kind of uh, the nub and the gist of it um, who done it? Gary? everybody everybody, everybody done, it. done it everybody done it so we have 12 suspects to work through. Yeah. So in a two-hour movie, if you gave everyone 10 minutes, that's your two-hour movie. So you do end up missing a lot of people. Including, there's two people who are just like completely afterthoughts. The, oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the chauffeur and the random cop. The, no, the cop and the, like, the car salesman. Oh, car he's the chauffeur. He's the chauffeur. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because, yeah, so the thing is they all had a connection to the Armstrong case, to the little girl's uh, kidnapping and murder. So she was kidnapped for medium-sized girl. She was not little. <laughs> the, the I will size. die on this. I will die on this sword. <laughs> Two to seven-year-old yeah. Daisy Armstrong. Um, and she... so they make a point of like it wasn't just her that died. Like her mom, um, her mom, <laughs> her ma, Sonia Armstrong. Anyway, so the. No, you go ahead. I'm losing myself now. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this one I thought was kind of interesting because I can't remember the 2017 one. I'm just going to compare it to that, which was, I don't remember them being very hands-on with showing you the Armstrong case at the beginning of that one. Whereas this, it's very much like, here's the Armstrong case. Here's five years later. So yeah. I felt like, I can't remember, but I feel like the 2017 one was a bit more subtle about kind of mentioning the Armstrong case as like a previous thing that had happened. And it's interesting that this is, this is all linking to that. Whereas I mm. felt like this one was kind of like, Here's the Armstrong case. Remember this because it's coming back. So yeah. I kind 
not spoiled it, but it kind of took away some of it for me. But yeah, so it turns out that the kid's been taken. Uh, the nanny was like tied up. Um, the chauffeur, oh, the butler was hit over the head. Um, the chauffeur missed it all, I think. Then what happened was the mom ended up committing suicide, I think it was. No, afterwards. the mom died in childbirth of her oh, next sorry. child. Oh, sorry, yes, apologies. Who she was yeah. currently pregnant with, I think. The and was dad t- kills himself. Yes, and then and the, the maid... nanny also kills herself. Yeah. And what happens then is we find that these 12 people, 10 properly, two afterthoughts, uh, <laughs> yeah. who Agatha Christie was like, oh, 12 is a good number. It's like 12 That's angry nice. men. By the way, the same director for 12 <laughs> angry men did this movie and uh, did this movie as well. Yeah, they were like, who do we have that could do a movie about 12 people being angry about a murder? <laughs> get the, <laughs> the number 12. <laughs> get Sidney Lumet. Lumet? I don't know. I, guess I, I think Lumet. Um, but yeah, so it turns out like there's all these different connections to all these different individuals who were like harmed or uh, yeah from from this Armstrong case and yeah. it's done well it's like it's kind of it all makes sense in a way I think some of it is just a bit like I think you would have known that this person was the mother of this person you know, like that yeah, sort of stuff yeah there's some conveniences but, but like it's a, it's a two hour like, and ten okay. minute movie so you kind of need to you need to move through it quick enough like I think yeah. like I don't know how long the novel is again if Lily could just fucking let me have a look at that book if Lily would let anyone share and read over her shoulder I would even Lily read to us Lily if you would even just do an audio <laughs> reading of Murder on the Orient Express so we could compare the literature to the film <laughs> This is an appeal. Lily Nolan, are you listening? <laughs> if, ever, if guys, if you want to follow me at www.gofundme go fund me backslash Lily give us that damn book. <laughs> God damn it, anyway. she did the murder. It was Lily Nolan <laughs> committed the murder. I just thought doxing her live on <laughs> live um, on air. But yeah, so I, I kind of, so yeah, I think it would have done about, like I'd love to see like a Netflix show or something like where they could really like let it breathe and nearly like yeah. a different episode on a different, per- or like two different you know, suspects and such. Yes, because like I agree that, like, the... You would know, like, the faces of people, but I like how everyone managed to connect to the murderer without him knowing. Mm. That I liked. So, yeah. like... So the murderer is this guy, Ratchet. He's just, like, this American businessman or mafia boss yeah. or something. So, like... He doesn't um, like his balls to be chipped. He doesn't like his <laughs> Angora bowls, Gary. Uh, Anthony Perkins is his uh, secretary. And yeah. like everyone else manages to get on the train knowing like what his movements are. And he doesn't seem to recognize anyone on the train. So yeah. I was like, okay, I like that. I like that he doesn't know that like 12 people are conspiring against him. Hmm. But yeah, if you were familiar with the case, as you know, Poirot says he is, you'd be like, hey, are you... Actually, no, I say that if... I don't know. Madeline McCann's auntie yeah. on a train with me. I wouldn't know. Yeah, but you're not probably the world's greatest detective, certainly. <laughs> no, I, I lack the mustache. All the brains are in the mustache. <laughs> uh, quick thing on the mustache. Uh, that was Agatha Christie's only um, thing she wasn't happy with this was with this movie was the mustache. She said that apparently the portrayal by Albert Finney was the close one of the closest to the novels she has seen mm-hmm. but she was upset by the moustache because in her words it was probably or it's like the best moustache in all of England and as far as like they said like probably yeah, yeah. The best. and then when she saw that she's like that's not that's not the best moustache in England okay. but I think that's something Kenneth Branagh definitely um, okay, which got yeah. overshot for the second one anyway I think so but in the uh, just this is Sarah's moment to bitch about the 2017 one they added in so much shite that was yeah. not in. they're like let's add in racial tensions for no reason and like change the profession of some people and one thing that's annoyed annoyed me about the second one so i haven't watched it recently but i may have found some clips online to compare um what happens is colonel armstrong so the kid's dad personally reaches out to poirot in the 2017 version to solve his case yes and then poirot either like doesn't get round to it or something and then this man kills himself and i'm like oh yeah oh that's a weird direction to take it. <laughs> Again, it's dark and gritty. It's a dark and gritty portrayal. Oh, of, it's so yeah. edgy. Oh my god, another thing that I hated is that, like, it, it wasn't Second, good we're enough. not talking about the 2017 <laughs> Yes, we are! <laughs> it's not good enough that you're just snowed in. No, there has to be an avalanche on a rickety rail bridge over a steep cliff. <laughs> Look, just because movies have a lot, a bigger budget now these days, don't, get, don't be getting annoyed at that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, speaking of speaking of uh, smaller budgets, I suppose for this movie, uh, one of the more interesting things I found was during that big summation scene. So yeah, there's like all these different connections to the characters, uh, to the, to to this sort of case, and he brings them all into this train carriage at the end and kind of like walks them through his whole thing. And I love he does this whole like he goes option one is this happened and it's like yeah this guy jumped on the bit like some mafia guy was on the train killed him and then jumped off and option number two and then he takes 27 minutes um, (laughs) to go through it and apparently it's something like eight pages of dialogue uh, of of, uh, Albert Finney's delivery but also what I enjoyed was if you looked at the size of the train carriage it's tiny Mm. as in and when you think of all the different shots so apparently he had to do that again and again and again because they had to put the cameras in different places because the cameras you know it's a big fucking thing and you're cutting to different reactions exactly so so this was one of the longest scenes to shoot because so but apparently it was uh, challenging they thought it'd be challenging to tell all the other actors hey you're gonna have to sit in a train for like 27 minutes and just (laughs) like look at Albert Finney and then we're going to probably have to do that again later on but apparently some of the people were just like in awe of this tour de force performance they were like oh I'll happily watch it Uh, but another thing I loved about this scene which was really cool was and it's something I hate in other movies but you know they kind of like Guy Ritchie does it all the time and he flashes back to like I think if you remember earlier when this you said this and it cuts back to the exact same shot but what I loved about this movie was it would cut back to probably like referencing conversations with characters but it'd be like more of a sinister shot and it's in like yes. what he was seeing at the time he was seeing these people lie to him and uh, what was the word uh, evasion evasion <laughs> evasion uh, yes I, I love that it was like a talking head like dramatic moment yeah it was so good uh, it was it was so I, I was just like I love that scene it was great it was very small scale which is why I was comparing it to the the other mm. one because it's more like it's a much more grandiose carriage and there's more space to breathe and yeah uh, but I think for this one the, 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 the claustrophobia of it all it just yes. really lent to like they're, they're like they're jailed in here that none of them can make a break for it exactly uh, which and I, I love, really enjoyed like what you were saying about when he does kind of stretch that muscle and show more sides of him like when he's shouting at Miss Debenham and here when he gets angry about like the Princess Dragomirov evading him because we've seen him as just like this perfidious little like particular man when he's then like unbelievable evasion what are you saying about that I'm like oh damn he's like yeah. he's not fucking around um, but yeah that's real. he's very good he's very very good as Poirot he's very like you get pulled into his performance definitely yeah. uh, another performance I really enjoyed was the character of Hubbard Hubbard. The, 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 the loud mouth. Oh. oh my god, her. Yes, she's hysterical. Because everyone wants to avoid her. Because <laughs> she just never shuts the fuck up. And she's fabulous. But what I loved about it was she was doing that so she had more space to breathe because she she's like the mastermind of it all. Um, and if more people are leaving her alone, that's, you know, less eyes on her. She's, I know yeah. majority of people on the train are in on it, but like everyone wants to stay away from her. So no one's looking at her like scheming and plotting. Um, exactly. Because I did think it was very ridiculous that that character would be like, hey guys, I found this button. I think this might have something to do with this. Hey, I found this like thing. Is this, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she like knocks on the window. It's just like, Hey, I found this knife. Do you think this has something to do with the murder? I found this bloody knife. Do you think this bloody knife has anything to do with the button I found? Yeah, she's so good. Like, from the off, she's just like, everyone's avoiding her because she's like, well, my second husband never would have allowed for this sort of... I can't you believe it? The water burps when it comes out of the faucet. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, Jesus. That's a very hover. good accent. Uh, Thank you. That mid-Atlantic. The, yeah. Because I will say, the accents of this go pretty wild. I think uh, Eddie Izzard was my favourite accent. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. Let me get their proper character name. Uh, do you not remember Eddie Izzard in this movie? Uh, I think he was... De- Hildegard Schmidt, he plays... it is Eddie <laughs> she yeah that is so that the, is, yeah. the actor the actress is uh, Rachel Roberts but it looks identical to Eddie very Eddie Adars. we'll put it up on the Insta we'll put it up on the <laughs> Insta yeah we'll put it side by side uh yeah <laughs> I have no word I have no response to that you've just nailed uh, it yep <laughs> yeah but like there was shit like there's a lot that were like it was very strange to watch because it was all of these I'm, I haven't double checked it but I'm gonna guess you're like English-speaking actors doing mm-hmm. diff like German and Hungarian accents and stuff, and I was like, yes. "God, like, why? Where have I seen this before?" And then I've remembered I've watched fifty-one years or fifty-plus years of of James Bond movies, and I'm like, "Ah, yes, sinister <laughs> European accents. I, I could understand." <laughs> Uh, because it was great because when I was watching this I was getting uh, from Russia with love vibes because it's Sean Connery Ooh, yeah. on a train and a murder happens so I was and like, there's snow everywhere there's snow, uh, there's no snow in that is there? 
Is there one? You're wrong. I'm gonna say okay. you're wrong. Gary's right. Yeah, no, you definitely know more about the James Bond. Um, but like, they all sound like Bond villains. It all sound like yes. it's that same accident. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely, like when um the the fiery Hungarian count is giving out about like the immigration guards eating like yeah. buttery rolls and getting <laughs> grease on my passports. Those disgusting little plebs. <laughs> Um, but who else was uh, so Vanessa Redgrave I think she yes. played Miss Debenham Miss Debenham we mentioned her a bit uh, I had this fact that I read and I just thought it was this is not a fact attack for you is Ooh. that in an interview co-producer Richard Goodwin said that Vanessa Redgrave would spend all of her lunch times converting the workers to communism making speeches <laughs> about politics in the canteen while the rest of the actors would sit and listen to Sir John Gilliard, Gilgard telling his amazing stories eventually the guys at the canteen asked if we could get Vanessa to go and talk to someone else <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. Sorry, I meant to bring that up. I meant to bring that up when we were talking about Miss Hubbard. Uh, yeah, exactly. Got... <laughs> she, in real life, yeah, off screen, she was the one who everyone was like, oh god, it's Vanessa coming to sell me on communism again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, she... Vanessa. Equal workforce for all. <laughs> she doesn't get actually too much to do on screen, except kind of be Sean Connery's uh, side piece. Yeah. Because I can't remember her actually having any standout moments. Not really. Like, I think a lot of them Snarking are like that. deviously. <laughs> yeah, like, I know, like, Hildegard gets her own kind of bit where they go find the the photo box. Imagine oh that. Oh my god. Imagine yeah. if I said to you, hey, Circa, did you used to work with this person? Have you got a picture of them? Like, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Let me just get my suitcase where I keep all of the pictures of everyone I've ever met. It's not only that, but it makes sure I travel with my suitcase of photos. And like, I don't know if they were in packets or just a loose suitcase <laughs> full of photos just like clattering around in there. But yeah, and it wasn't even like it was a picture of the two of them together. Like, oh, here's a cute selfie of, I don't know, me and Gary when we went for coffee yeah. that one time. No, it's like a professional <laughs> portrait. <laughs> I I just always have a picture of you on your Debs, like in my phone. Oh, that's always. good. I'm happy about that. <laughs> In case I'm implicated in a murder. Yeah. Being like, can we find this guy's one of me making a goofy face? You're like, oh, we're so... <laughs> um, and then uh, there was another person I wanted to talk about, which was uh, Jacqueline Bissett, who plays Countess Adriani. Oh, yes. The young uh, Countess. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, it's now... Not the Princess Dracomir. No, not her. Not her. Actually, we'll talk about her. My God. Like, it's funny because so... And another thing I thought about when I was watching this, like, oh, who played them in the 2017 one? And who played them? In the-? Like, it was mm. very hard to remember. And I, like, I could see the easy comparisons with uh, Hubbard uh, being Michelle Pfeiffer in the new one. Yeah. Um, I think Dragunov, like, who else do you get other than Judy Dench for that? Judy Dench, so good. Uh, but she, this actress was fucking great. I loved her. That she was really good. <laughs> Though I forget, I I forget what it was she said. So uh, Poro had asked something and uh, you can remind but she goes my yeah. doctor has advised me against it what was that about again oh she, he told her to smile more that was it yes. <laughs> my doctors have advised me against it uh, and when she orders her dinner and she's like I will have the poached salmon and a side salad with no dressing <laughs> and it's, it's just great. like I love she is indiscriminately like either 80 or 2000 years old like it's <laughs> fabulous and she's got these stupid little dogs that are just get like handed to people during interrogations oh god she was born in 1912 that actress my god oh my god yeah, I know anyway yeah so. sounds about right um she's dead uh, but next <laughs> So the countess, anyway. <laughs> uh, she's, is there anyone else we haven't talked about? I feel like I feel like everyone's kind of probably. Getting it. Yeah, well, like, we're getting there. Yeah, They're the uh, most interesting ones. Yeah, like if they if we haven't mentioned them, they were kind of shit. If I'm honest. Oh, the butler. He was very British. <laughs> oh, he was Meadows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's all I have to say about Meadows. He's very British. When he, he has his he has his hilarious joke. What's, What's your jo- book about? Oh, he, that's great. And he's like. It's about ten thirty. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna start using that now. I just yeah. re- I feel like that's such a garage. It's such a dad joke. Pure dad joke. Um, but yes, the countess. You wanted to say something about the countess. Oh, the countess. Yes. Yeah, so the young, she, uh, the young hot countess. The young hot sexy countess. Uh, don't know why I said it like that. So uh, <laughs> this is even worse than what I'm about to say. So here is the last Gary fact I have about this. Which is that she was also in another. She was in James Bond movie. She was in Casino Royale. The original, I'm assuming? N- yes, the, w- the one from the 60s. Would, yeah. you, would you like to know what character she played? 
Because oh everyone was like, oh, the James Bond franchise, it got so campy, the names got so ridiculous. I can, oh. I, I will t- turn your attention to the, I think it's the 1970s, uh, 1967, I think it is, I forget. Uh, Casino Royale starring David Niven, where uh, Jack- Jacqueline Bissett plays Mrs. Goodthighs. <laughs> no, no, come on, that cannot be real. No, I just said Mrs. Goodthighs. Mrs. Good, how's it spelled? Like, just good thighs. Yes, good thighs, yes. <laughs> It's not like they're trying to do a funny little play on words. As in her upper leg is immaculate. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah. Fabulous. Good yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a family name from Belgium, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, good thighs. Good thighs from Belgium. Oh. No, I think they're from County Carlo, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, actually, yeah, no, God. fuck. Oh, shit, no, actually, I got the name wrong. It's not. It's, it's not, not No, thighs? it's not Mrs. Good Thighs, sorry. It's Miss Good Thighs. Oh, <laughs> Please, yeah. Mrs. Goodthighs is my mother. <laughs> she's she's hot, single, and on the market. Oh my god, does she have uh, road yeah. frontage? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's um. There you go. Um, yeah, but also other... her name is spelt with a H. But <laughs> <laughs> Russian N looks like our capital H. Yeah, that was another thing I got very confused about while watching this movie was uh, Poirot was trying to solve whose handkerchief it is. Yeah. And I kind of kept all the characters' names kept fucking changing. I don't know, maybe I'm just stupid. <laughs> but like everyone was like, "Yes, but my Christian maiden mother's left name is this." And I'm just like, "What? I have no idea who's who anymore." Um, it says but, you. You we don't have to go to, into it on air, but your family has enough names between look, them. It's that fine. if there was a murder in the open oh, family, you'd be. never fucking know who it was. Other <laughs> uh, like so but that was one thing where I was like, "What the fuck's going on here?" But yeah, there was like this revelation that like an, a Russian a capital Russian N is spelt like a H but he yeah. draws it on a window like a, a cut, like, a, like a window with condensation on it to remind us what it is but what I loved about <laughs> it was that they had clearly fucked up the last take because you could see that someone has rubbed out the, the like the layer of condensation is like indifferent like it's in different stages oh, from where they're that. like where he ru- draws the H looks like someone has rubbed something out so they clearly fu- <laughs> but I'm like how do you fuck up a H <laughs> He did an N. He was like, shit. No, a Russian N is a ah capital H. I do, I do like though that because this was all planned. You know, the all the twelve of them had like they planned and planted red herrings. Yeah. So they have this handkerchief, and then they have like the robe and stuff, because they were like, oh yeah, if it's just some like random you know, beat cop from Yugoslavia, which is where they're stuck in the yeah. snow. They're like, okay, grand. There's enough evidence here. Uh, but for Poirot, it becomes like this little game where he's like, ooh, okay, why this? And why yeah. this? Uh, and there's some, like, there's some, like, really cool solving scenes. You know, he does the thing with the, the hat boxes and the wax. Yes, I love that. Uh, there's some, it's just a, a, a sheer disregard of bodily health with all the drugs oh, as yeah. well. No gloves worn, just like... <laughs> Oh, no, sorry, I, but also, like, just all the characters having drugs all the time, being like, I need to go to yes. sleep, so give me some of the strong stuff, Mr. Butler Man. Yes, without it even being, like, framed as if this is, like, sinister, he's like, bring me my sedative for the <laughs> night. And you're like, oh, no wonder you got murdered, my yeah. man. Like, I wish no to no longer you. be conscious. Bring me my good night drink. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah, and someone else is like, oh. Uh, Someone always has aspirin on them. Someone else, yeah. the princess always has drugs. Someone has like yeah. strong drugs, like a sleeping draft. And you're like, okay, I guess. Um, another thing I want to, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, another thing that we find at the scene of the crime is uh, Sean Connery's possibly Pip, peep cleaner. Peep cleaner. His <laughs> peep cleaner. So what I understood was uh, Poirot was mispronouncing it, but then yes. Sean Connery's character proceeded to call it the peep cleaner. As well, so it's but a pipe I, I feel like Sean Connery just didn't research, didn't read the script at all. He was just like, once no. I'm shifting mats and telling the <laughs> sheep to fuck off, I don't care. So he was just like, is that, is that not pipe cleaner? That, that, that's the worst, sorry. Is that not pipe cleaner? And then he just is opposite, you know, Albert Finney and he says, peep. And he goes, well, I guess that's what it is then. Yeah, so he's like, this must be your peep cleaner. And he's like, yes, I smoke a peep, but this is not my peep cleaner. <laughs> no, he's like, shame, Berland. <laughs> So he's, his interrogation is so funny. I wrote uh, another quote down. So they said something about Miss Debenham and they're trying to like implicate that she's, you know, it's like, oh, you've been looking at her or whatever. And he says, that's a bloody irregular question. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Debenham's not a woman. She's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, a, gen- just he's got so a gentle good. side, that Sean Connery. 
Um, he does up until you're talking angrily at his at his mop, mm. and uh, he will then pick you up, turn you 180 degrees, and then punch you. <laughs> he also, just picks it- up this train conductor like he weighs nothing. It's fabulous. <laughs> Um, also, I, what I noticed about that interrogation scene was all the sweat dripping from his clearly placed toupee as well. <laughs> what do you mean? That's his god-given hair. <laughs> no, it's funny. Like, like another like thing, like so, Sean Connery wore a toupee for most of the James Bond movies. Like, if you ever look back on set and he's like the receding hair, it's very jarring to see. <laughs> but like, whenever you see Sean Connery with hair, I, I just don't think he wants to sit in the makeup chair or something because you could always tell it's a toupee. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, he'd be like, no, it's good enough. We'll just get yeah. this over with. Yeah. Look, there's a sheep. I want to tell her to fuck off. <laughs> you see Vanessa Redgrave over there? I'm gonna fuck her. Wait, I don't fuck her in the movie? <laughs> well, I don't care if she's a commie. <laughs> this accent's going. Um, speaking yeah. of loud, abrasive noises, did you enjoy the uh, train noises in this that just made me think about uh, like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Or was that just me? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but now I know. I just exactly kept hearing the train noises, and I'm about. like, I just keep hearing the train noise, coming. and then someone saying, "Hooray!" <laughs> uh, no, but I do love train noises in general. Again, because of my love of trains. <laughs> oh my god! About train noises. <laughs> I can also identify some of the bridge signs if you're ever on the dirt. I'll tell you which bridge signs mean what. <laughs> right. So, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I can tell you for a fact that my local dart station is nine and three quarter miles from Pier Station because there's old mile markers. So here's a fact attack for you. I can also tell you, Carrie, that those mile markers stop at Pierce and do not extend to Tara because Tara Street was added later. The Connolly line and the Pierce Street line were owned by two different entities and they created Tara Street laterally to connect the two once it was nationalized. Isn't that interesting? What is the most horrifying fact is that you weren't <laughs> reading that off anything. Like That was all from your brain. And I have never witnessed anyone being able to so fluidly get their thoughts out about any issue as I have just witnessed now with Sir Kenny Lachlan, Lachlan telling me about train stations in Dublin there is an Ono oh Boyle right now who is immensely jealous <laughs> oh god there was also a Harker Street oh no 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 you're done you're done you're done now you're done you're done <laughs> You're done. <laughs> like, for context. No. <laughs> dear listener, no, not you. Dear listener, I got a third in university and then this is because my brain is filled with this random fucking knowledge about train stations. Okay. And and that's that's your time. <laughs> that's why it's been great knowing you. Our <laughs> yeah. friendship has actually ended. Our trial <laughs> friendship has ended. Right. I'm going to get this back on track. <laughs> hey. Right, okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about. Well, not last thing I want to talk about. One of the things I want to talk about because we haven't read the novel because, as discussed, <laughs> Levy's a little gremlin with the books. <laughs> so, uh, in contrast to the novel, in which the passengers admit to Poirot's accusation and then expand upon how the crime was committed, screenwriter Paul Den left the dining car in absolute stillness at the close of Poirot's summation. The passengers' uh, silence painful was a painful admission of their guilt. The only plot element lost by this otherwise effective device was the passengers' revelation of the reason they decided to commit the crime en masse as opposed to one of them acting on behalf of the family so that none of them would have had to live with the guilt of knowing whose blow actually killed Ratchet. So, in in it they they drug him and then everyone has one stab uh, to go through like they all stab him once which is something mm. that Poro picked up on on all the force behind each of these stabs so he actually didn't yeah. say how he got killed and um, <laughs> yeah. drug something murdered whatever um, and he that was something he noticed my thing was I feel like if you're after stab number four you're probably just stabbing a corpse he's probably dead <laughs> Yeah, you didn't. You can't be like I murdered you know, a man. You can just be like I stabbed a, a corpse. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like they're like who possibly did it, and I'm just like, yeah, I think after stab number five, it was yeah. safe to say you weren't the reason that he's not on this. Not earth just anymore. five, five of twelve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Like if they obviously this would be require many more knives and more space in the train mm. carriage, but if they all did it at once, they all like lined up and took yeah. a stab at the same time. Then you could be like, ooh. Like in Lord of the Rings with the the, the guys with the all in synchronized stabbing. 
Exactly, which is now in the Olympics, I believe. Um, Do you know what this movie should have been called? Oh, God. 12 Knives In. <laughs> That's terrible. You're ready to be a dad, though. Uh, I'm so your dad jokes no, 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 no. When God picked my profession, it was Fun Uncle. <laughs> fun Uncle and Podcaster. Uh, right, we're getting to the we're getting to the end of this now, so I must ask you a question. Oh which God. Is, wait, no, uh, <laughs> go on. Which is right? How is this and why is it better? I'm gonna let, I, you have had your train spiel, so I'm going to give you another one. <laughs> How and why is this better than the remake? Oh God, this world's better because yeah, like in the new one, they try and add in like this race issue, which like they're doing just for internet points or something because. It's like the Disney thing, like the Disney moms, you know, they m- make a joke about it. Like, oh, where are all the Disney... I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent now. But it's like, they're just doing it for the sake of like, it's 2020 or at the time it was 2017. Like, yes, there was, you know, no big talks of politics or feminism or race in the 1970 movie because it was just a little murder story. Mm. They don't have to hit every beat in this movie. Um... The new one is far too high octane for absolutely no reason. They have Poirot like walking on the top of the train, looking out over the thing. Like like I said, they have it on a rickety bridge. Um, so in the new one, they've also changed the professions of a lot of the cast, so it's hard to keep track of. But the Sean Connery in the new one is dating Daisy Ridley. It's uh, Leslie Autumn Jr. So he's black, she's white, that's like the whole thing. He, like, tries to shoot and kill Poirot? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, stop this! And then they have, the con- they have the confession in, like, a hollowed-out cavern. Yeah. Where everyone's on one side of, of, a, a, long table tre- of, a, of a long trestle table that, you know, all these trains have. And, oh, there's just, there's too much silliness in the new one. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. It takes me out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think for me it was I just found the other one somehow bland. The new one it was just like it was yeah. I just didn't enjoy. It. Now I told you I had my rant to give out about, and now Do it's it. my turn. I've already given out to Lee Nolan. I'm going to give out to I can't remember it's either David Scanlon or Mark Tuddy, other uh, other podcast guests. So I watched this. Oh, I mm-hmm. could go really deep into the story, but I'll try to keep it brief. Which was that <laughs> I watched this. Uh, movie on a flight back from LA no from Las Vegas to Dublin very hungover very tired I wanted to watch a nice movie on the way over had really nice seats had a really nice screen on the way back British Airways shit screen shit seats squashed in David and Mark were sitting behind me this man goes oh hi do you want to use mind moving so I can sit beside my son um, and David and Mark were like oh yeah one of them was just I think it was David was like oh yeah sure no problem and David was sitting directly behind no so and it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, so David then gets up, walks. We expect to see a child. Some thirty-year-old dude sits oh down, God. thinking like he's like, I need to sit with my son. But anyway, it turns out the guy didn't know Mark and Dave were together. Anyway, reason it pissed me off was because now this guy sit behind me, knees into my back for the entire oh. seven-hour flight. I'm trying to watch this fucking shitty like fucking <laughs> mystery thriller on this shitty screen. This guy's kicking my back, so I'm pissed off as it is, and I just had enough of this movie and then I got to watch this and I'm like oh I don't hate the story anymore because it's fine oh yeah and then <laughs> so we could this, fix that exactly I wanted to stress how much how much negativity I had towards this story and me having to do this for the podcast now has brought me back around so thank you oh I'm so glad no yeah I, I mean I'm unnecessarily harsh on the 2017 one but I also don't care it can <laughs> it's stupid um, <laughs> sorry a point of the 2017 that I don't like is um they go in and out of the train and for whatever reason that really breaks the immersion for me. Yeah. So like in the 2017 one he will like interview some people outside in the snow or like Josh Gad tries to run away with some documents down the brickety bridge and I'm like no there's something like you said you mentioned like the claustrophobia of like you're just in a train carriage yeah. in an avalanche in the middle of nowhere and you now are like oh god this man's gonna figure out that we all 12 of us although mm, <laughs> fewer than 12 of us yeah. killed this man uh, that annoyed me as well this is my I think that's the end of my grievances yeah. all I'm gonna ask is now are you excited for the next one with Hungry Boy Army Hammer <laughs> I only I didn't even realise that was happening uh, until I rewatched the trailer today and realised that it was a setup for Death on the Nile yeah because at the end of that one it's like at the end of the 
2017 one. It's like, hey, can you help me with a murder on the Nile? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'll probably again sort of like hate watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, think, I, I, think, I think we do for the pod. I think if, if, <gasps> if you yes. go see it, I think we do for the pod. 100%. Absolutely. Let's go see it. Uh, uh, I've, I've got my Omnipass. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to see it anyway. Mm. Uh, but what I will also do is say, Circa, thank you so much for coming back and doing a pod. <laughs> thank you for having me and letting me talk about uh, one of my favourite movies. So and trains. And, and trains. <laughs> I will tell you all. So if no, you are going no, <laughs> no. I don't know what you're ready to do. If you're going under a bridge, the sign will say UB. And if you're going on a bridge that goes over a road, it'll be an OB bridge. And then there'll be an identifying number for the bridge, followed by what kind of line it is. So is it the Rossberry line? Is it the Belfast line? Is it the Limerick Junction line? So... <laughs> So what's funny was I wrote down I had my Gary fact bit in this Being like Am I being too indulgent And then you come along And just blow that out of the water So I don't feel so bad Oh I've got hidden depths Gary O'Brien Okay I'm gonna finish this now Before I fucking hear any more About this shit Um but no, circuit. Th- th- I genuinely know. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is the cast, um, and I want to. I want to say thanks to anyone who's listened to this, particularly this one, and <laughs> any of the other ones. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with the pod and know when new ones are coming out, and see that picture of Eddie Izzard from this movie, you can follow at Reeling in the Piers. You can follow on Spotify, subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you very much. We really hope you enjoyed. Goodbye.